something that's definitely, I'm not going to lie, it's been on my mind. And I got into this a bit yesterday in terms of where I think um, politics in the United States has gone and how I really, really hope we're not on the verge of a similar move in Canada. And I know what happens in the U.S. happens here, too, um, to a lesser degree. But if you go back to the days of the Tea Party and then through the Donald Trump presidency and what's happened to the Republican Party, and full disclosure here, uh, I was thinking about it last night, I've been supportive of far more Republican politicians than Democrats over the years. But the Republican Party in the U.S. right now is is alien to me. I don't, I don't, I don't under, it, it's, 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 it, it's gone crazy in my opinion. It really and truly has. Um, and is that the Tea Party? Is that Trump? Is it popular? How does this all come together? And there was a lot of people that were talking about this truckers convoy um, as being, you know, you heard the comparisons to January 6th. This is going to be Canada's January 6th. And there was concern. And obviously it never materialized. But are we moving in that direction? That's the question I'm asking here. So to chat about that, we have Dr. Stephanie Carvin joining us, who's an assistant professor of international relations, the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton. Um, Dr. Carvin, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. So that, that, that's the question, right? We know that there is that move towards populism. It, it's, it has been traditionally very, very small um, in our country. Uh, a lot of people wondering what this convoy represented in terms of that movement. Was this going to be sort of the launching point for this movement? Um, is that a fair way of assessing the situation? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk online, like, okay, well, what is this? Where is this going? What does this mean? And um, look, I, I, just just the facts here, okay? Like, the, the people who started this convoy have some fairly extreme fringe views. Absolutely. Um, some of which are, yeah, with some of which are anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, that said. Now, what we've seen this before in Canada, and there was a United We Roll um, rally back in 2019. I'm, sh- I'm sure you covered it yeah, then. Yeah. Um, that went to Canada, uh, so went to Ottawa, but it didn't have the same level of success, right? And I think partially because they weren't able to frame an issue around something that Canadians were particularly passionate about. So let's fast forward like three, four years, and we've been living in this kind of pandemic nightmare. We're all sick of it. I'm sick of it. Everyone's sick of it. Um, and, and we're looking for a way out. And I think that framing their you know movement around you know frustrations with the pandemic has really caught fire and you know we've seen like you know nine million dollars raised uh people showing enthusiasm in a way that i I don't think people have shown enthusiasm for a political movement whatever it is for a very long time and and so you know there is some questions here like is this now um the creation or we, we think it's more the maturing of a Tea Party-style movement in Canada, and what then will the impact of that be on Canadian politics going forward? And that's really kind of a piece uh, myself and a co-author, Amara Masingham, tried to put out in a Globe and Mail editorial, uh, which I think was printed today, but was online yesterday. And I, and I think that's the question, too. And, and I can tell you, Doctor, sitting here doing this show, I know, without a doubt, that there is definitely an appetite for that among some Canadians. How many? I don't know. I don't have any idea. But I hear from them regularly that absolutely want to see more of that populist movement. They're all in on it. They enjoy it. The question I have, though, is do you think 
um, it seems to me like it's a lot of the same people that I hear from that are feeling more emboldened. They're feeling more part of something right now. Um, this is a moment for them. But are they increasing in number, I guess, is the question. Do you think this is something that could spread? Or is it that small group that's always been there, but they're just being more effectively heard right now? Uh, you know, that's an excellent question. I think the, the key is is that we have seen um, this group tap into a larger widespread anger. And so what I guess what's really going to depend and, and what's really where I think this issue goes or, or a populist movement goes in Canada is going to depend on whether or not this movement can frame itself in the future with a similar kind of issue that rallies Canadian support. I think, you know, this may have been a spark that caught fire because there was just so much fertile ground with frustrations with the pandemic and the pandemic movement. But like, if this movement becomes about something different, if it becomes about, say, you know, like in, in 2019, it was largely about anti-immigration and, and, and ideas about... Um, well, it started United with pipelines Nations and morphed into like that. that, right? Uh, well, That's how of, they often go. Well, it kind of actually started with about... I would actually say it's the opposite. It started with conspiracy theory. And then to make it more palatable, they kind of pasted on some stuff about oil and pipelines um, to make it more accessible, right? Because if you just walk up to someone and say, hey, we're really <laughs> upset about this weird treaty, it's never going to work. Like my parents saw people here in Ontario on highways, you know, holding signs about the UN. They had no idea what that was right. about. But suddenly you say, oh, I'm for the oil and gas workers. Everyone's like, yeah, I know what that's about. I like oil and gas workers. So I think it was a little bit the, the, the other way around. And I think we may be seeing that here as well. So I think what going to depend is if the leaders of this movement are able to frame uh, another issue in like post-pandemic future hopefully uh, of uh, around immigration around I don't know taxes around um, all different kinds of things then then yeah this movement can keep going for sure I mean I, if I'm a political leader I mean oh, Aaron O'Toole's having a day so yeah. we'll just push yeah. that aside for a minute but like if I'm a if I'm a you know leader of a political party but and I see this I see a movement that's been able to just fundraise like crazy, yep. and almost more importantly, has energy. I mean, exactly. I think Canadians are so uninspired by our leaders right now because um, they want out of this. They want a plan. They want something to, to go on. And the only people offering a plan are these people, right? And it's the most extreme plan, in, in my view, and unconstitutional and un, you know probably unworkable and, and unhealthy plan. Um, but it's a plan. Um, and it's there. So I think that this is what political leaders need to keep in mind when they see this movement is, you know, um, people want hope for their future. People want to see where where the end of this is. And they want something different. And, you know, which, which of our political parties is really offering something different right now? And um, none of them really are. And so I think that's why it's important to maybe take all of this in, into consideration, right? Like, you know, that, that to me is the implication of this, is not to give in to what necessarily uh, these guys want, but, like, think about it in terms of, like, well, why are these people finding hope in perhaps the most extreme options? Is it because they're extremists? No, it's definitely not the case for, I think, the vast majority of no. people. I think it's because they're articulating a plan. Yep. And and they're offering a vision of the future, which basically no one else is. And they're putting action to the frustration that so many of us are feeling. You're absolutely right. And I think you hit on something that's really important in my mind, just from watching this and observing. Um, you're, for this to continue and to grow and to get larger, you're going to need two things. You're going to need a media ecosystem, um, yes. a, a Fox News or an OAN. 
and you are going to need politicians who recognize that there is support, there's mo- there's momentum, there's energy, there's fundraising, and are willing to tap into it, um, damned the outcome, if you know what I mean. You need those two things for this this situation, and I don't know if we've had that before in Canada. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I mean, we don't have a Fox News. We don't have an OAN. But we do have an alternative media ecosystem in Canada, right? Um, You know, True North, Rebel, whatever you want to call it. I mean, um, there are some of the people that have been pushing kind of anti-lockdown measures really since since, um, the spring of 2020. So that exists. And then secondly, though, but this is that second point I think is so important because, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, they're like, is this Canada's Trump moment? I'm like, is there going to be a Trump? Right. And then the second issue is here is that the nature of our political system isn't that of the United States. Right? We're a Westminster system. Yeah. That kind of incentivizes parties to kind of go for the mushy middle. But in doing so, you kind of have this hardcore 10, 15 percent on the right and in some cases the left. Sure. Oh, yeah. The left here, there's left populist movement that they um, are going to consistently be disappointed and they're going to channel their efforts towards people they think are, are, are representing them. So it's a really tricky thing to balance. There is no guarantee that this is going to be something that lasts, but is there something there right now? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Doc, thanks so much for your time. Great chat. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. You bet. That is Dr. Stephanie Carvin, who is an assistant professor in uh, international relations at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton.